Hey guys, welcome to the Candid Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Pardee from CandidConfidence.com. I'm a confidence coach, blogger, and online course instructor here to help you unleash your inner badass. This podcast is for the girl who is ready to ditch the self-doubt, overcome the overthinking, and live a life that feels fearless and free. So let's do the damn thing. I felt 
like I was failing, which is the key word, um, because that's what postpartum does to you. Um, it was super hard. You know, it was like, wow, this one job that I wanted to be good at, and I feel like I'm failing, and I feel like I'm not good at it. Wow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was hard. And, you know, I was okay with admitting that I had it because, you know, just in my family, you know, we had um, support and there wasn't this mental health stigma, which I know a lot of other people um, struggle with and shouldn't, you know, because this needs to be talked about. But um, luckily for me, you know, I was able to open up about it. But what was hard for me was that it lasted two years. And so I felt like I was losing hope. You know, because I was trying to do the right things. And I was going to the doctor and talking to them about it. And I was, you know, um, trying to change my mindset and change certain things around the house and, you know, do things differently. Um, And I wasn't getting results. And that was really disheartening for me. Um, But it also gave me the ability to share a message that I'm really passionate about now, which is don't give up on yourself. You know, I think a lot of the time we think that if we just apply this method or if we just tweak this or change that or, you know, drink more green juice, that all of a sudden life's going to, you know, change overnight. And, um, you know, sometimes it's true and then sometimes it's not true. (laughs) Sometimes it takes a while and it takes effort and it's hard, but you're totally worth it. And, you know, I, I just, I hope that I can be kind of this message of hope for people who even after it takes a while to kind of get a grip, you know, on yourself and on your life and figure out exactly what it is that you need, um, the combination that you need to thrive, you know, at the end, it's going to be worth it because, you know, what ended up working for me was um, kind of just admitting that maybe this staying at home and just being kind of in this cycle of, you know, waking up and feeding and changing and being needed and being touched and being, you know, all of this stuff, which is, you know, all the beautiful parts of motherhood, but also the parts that are difficult. Um, at times, uh, maybe I needed to break out of that a little bit. And so I got a part-time job and I can honestly tell you that, you know, when I, when I went to, um, to go back into work, I had written this journal entry um, that I found actually a couple months ago, and it was just confessing how much I doubted myself and how much I didn't have any confidence because I didn't think I had any skills. And it still, you know, just kind of chokes me up sometimes, like, reading that because I really was in that place that I felt like I had nothing. You know, I was failing at being this stay-at-home mom. I don't have anything to offer in the workforce. Um, What am I going to do? And so what really kind of changed things for me was deciding that I was going to try anyway and that I had to try anyway. And so I, you know, I got a job and it ended up being like this job that's changed my life. Um, I started working at a nonprofit in Indianapolis um, that serves the terminally ill homeless. So, you know, people who have no health, they have no homes and no families to support them, they have a free home and free care and they can die with dignity and what I started doing um, was deciding, you know, these people these people need to um, be 
financial means to um, have a place to stay. That doesn't mean they don't deserve, you know, dignity and legacy. And so, um, you know, I started collecting their stories and creating campaigns around their stories. And, you know, all of this stuff started happening um, for the organization. And, you know, that's what won me the Storyteller of the Year Award was the way that, you know, we ran our campaigns and did our storytelling. And here I am thinking I have no skills. <laughs> and all it really takes is to just kind of show up and do what you're passionate about, you know. Um, which for me is telling stories, and that's why, you know, I write poetry, and I, I write a lot, and um, I wanted to share their stories, and, you know, sharing their stories is what empowered me to share my own, because I realized people shouldn't be waiting until the end of their life to leave a legacy, you know, it, it's not, it's never too early to start telling your story, because you have all these insights, and you have all these experiences, and you have things that can light the way for others, whether you believe it or not. And so that's what I do now. I'm a storytelling coach and um, a public speaker. And, you know, here I am believing that I have nothing to share and nothing to offer. Um, and suddenly I realize that your power lies within your passions and your power lies within your experiences and your story. So that's what I do now. That's where, um, you know, I am now. And all of that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't had that dark place that pushed me into, you know, where I think I'm really supposed to be. So that's the long version <laughs> of <Wow>. this story. <laughs> oh my gosh, Madison, I literally have chills. That is such an incredible story. <laughs> Thank you. you tell it so Thank beautifully. You. That's so interesting. A couple things stood out to me, actually several things, but it's, it's interesting that you say you didn't feel like you had any skills and, and you couldn't really help in the workforce because I think almost everyone's been there I mean I was a couple years ago like I felt like I had no creativity and and then I just randomly started doing like my blogging stuff and, and creating like um Canva like things on Canva like uh, what is it called like graphic design and I was sure like, yeah things that I literally was like well I can't do that and then I just started doing them and realized that I could so I feel like that's yeah. a because there's probably so many people listening right now who are feeling like that. And it's so true that once you just connect your passion into it, you can do so much more than you realize. Exactly. And sometimes you don't, you know, what was surprising to me is that sometimes you don't realize that the things that you enjoy doing are skills. You just like to do it. And so you don't view it as this, you know, thing that, other people can benefit from because doesn't everyone like to do this isn't everyone good at storytelling or you know isn't everyone okay at graphic design or you know party planning or whatever it is and it's like no actually and a lot of people can benefit from what you enjoy doing yeah because it's like the things that come easily to us and come naturally to us we assume they must come naturally to everybody else too exactly crazy okay so it took about two years to really get past the postpartum and that sounds like it must have been such a difficult time for you um aside from getting the, the part-time job um, was there anything else that helped with the anxiety aspect of it anything that you used or did or sure so um I mean a lot of things I tried a lot of things for one thing you know I've never been um you know shy from saying that you know I had to take medication um you know, I think a lot of people do need to take medication. It's a medical condition. Um, 
frustrating things for me that I kind of wish somebody would have told me is that sometimes it takes a while to find the right combination. Um, you know, you go to the doctor, they write you a prescription, you think it's going to work, and then it doesn't. And so it's disheartening because you feel like, wow, am I unfixable? <laughs> and you're not. Um, it's just a matter of dose and, you know, what the right med is for you. Um, so that helped. And then certainly, you know, I went to a support group um, after a while, you know, and met with other moms. And that was really important because, you know, I mean, while it's still, it doesn't fix everything for you, just knowing that you're not alone in it is a big deal. <laughs> and having a community where you can just come together and say, hey, this is how I'm doing today. Or, you know, you're all in different stages. So hearing somebody say to you, like, you're going to get through this because I, I know firsthand that you will, you know, um, it's important. And so certainly a support system. Um, I think mothers especially, you know, but all women um, need that that tribe and that support system, whether that's your family or some friends or, you know, a support group. Um, it, you know, you should never have to suffer in silence or suffer by yourself. Um, and so, you know, I think a combination, again, of just medication, support, um, deciding, you know, I am going to change just my expectations of myself and what I thought life would look like. You know, sometimes we just have to kind of let that idea go um, and see what happens, uh, I think. Um, and then I'm, I'm pretty big on affirmations, too. That's, that's been a big confidence booster for me is, you know, I, I do a lot of reading and I kind of dove into myself. I think a lot of moms put everyone else first a lot. Um, and again, you know, women, that's just our nature. And, um, you know, we, we want to please other people and we want to be there for other people and we kind of take a backseat. And so, you know, just deciding that I'm going to take the time I need for myself and I'm going to read the books and I'm going to take the bubble baths and I'm going to listen to podcasts, you know, um, and fill my cup so that I can, you know, fill others. Yeah. I'm really proud of you and, and thankful for your vulnerability and I'm sure so many have, have come across you and, and been grateful for that and I think especially with, with postpartum depression it's a difficult one because people don't talk about it and I feel like a lot of women like you mentioned having a support group that would be so important because a lot of women tend to stay in the dark with this because I think they feel like it's supposed to be this perfect time where you're just instantly bonding with this baby and everything's wonderful and everyone dreams being a stay-at-home mom so I, I think that's it's so great that you're opening up about this because it's just something that people just don't talk about enough. I agree. Um, you know, and I think there's a lot of stigma around it too. Um, you know, certainly there's different degrees of postpartum depression as well. Um, I think a lot of moms, unfortunately, don't even realize that they have it. You know, I think it was kind of a blessing to me that I had that stark difference between my daughter and my son because I could identify it so quickly. Um, I really feel for the moms who get it on their first child because, you know, they might just think this is how it is, you know, this is how motherhood is. And, um, and that's hard, you know, because then they don't get the help that they need or they don't, um, you know, understand what's actually happening to them. And it might be pretty disheartening, you know, I would imagine. So um, I feel grateful that I was able to identify it quickly. But, you know, I, if anyone's listening to this, um, you know, who has experienced it or has somebody who's going through it now or maybe you're going through it 
it's really important to be in tune with yourself and know that, you know, being sad all the time isn't, isn't, that's, that's not what it's supposed to be like, you know? And so if that's how you feel, um, it might be time to look into that, you know, and, and that's okay. And there's no shame in it. You know, it's just important that you get better. Yeah. So at any point when you were coming out with your story and kind of going public with it and announcing it, um, as you did with, with your own story about postpartum, did you ever worry about kind of those stigmas with friends and family and what people would think? And, and if so, how did you overcome that? Um, I think so. You know, I, I think I did. I was very good at hiding it for a long time. You know, if you were going to check my socials, it was you know, happy white picket fence, um, which I kind of regret. I wish I would have been more honest in the middle of it. It wasn't until, you know, I was almost all the way through it that I felt comfortable um, sharing, which, you know, was my own, I guess, prerogative, but I kind of wish I would have been more honest while I was in it because I think connecting with other people while I was in it as publicly as I, you know, decided to do eventually but it probably helped. Um, but, you know, I think once I was kind of coming to the end of the tunnel, my mindset was if this could help one other mom not feel so alone and get the help that she needs, then this is worth it. You know, um, I kind of, I kind of announced what I was going through, um, through a poem, you know, I, poetry was my kind of, it was cathartic for me. It was kind of my release and it still is, you know, I, I write like a maniac now because it's how I process things and, um, and I love it, but, um, I had never written before. And I remember one day I just sat down at the computer and I started pouring out this poetry and I was like, what is going on? This is just like blowing out of me. And once I'd written it, I, I was like, I, should probably share this because I think somebody needs to hear this and I think that's why it comes so easily um and so you know I was sitting in a parking lot of my nine-to-five job with my you know hands on my steering wheel and finger hovering over the post button and I'm going back and forth like you're like you're saying thinking like do I want to share this I'm kind of being vulnerable here really putting myself out here um I don't know if this is worth it and then I was like, you know what, just, you know, just do it, just show up and be yourself and say what you need to say and share your story. Because if just one person can benefit from it, that could change the course of their life, you know, and that's the power of story. And that's what's happened to me is I shared it. And then, you know, you have that 10 seconds of like instant regret where you're like, Oh no, did I, you know, I should probably just take it down. Um, but you know, within a couple seconds, you start getting those likes and you start getting those comments. And then what was really important though, was the messages that came through that said, you know, thank you so much for sharing this. I'm going through this now. Um, do you have any recommendations for me or thank you? You know, I feel a little less alone or, you know, my sister's going through this and she really needed to hear this. Or, you know, you start getting these messages and suddenly you realize that your story is bigger than you are. And so suddenly those kind of, um, you know, doubts and insecurities start to kind of fall away because you realize that this thing, this message that you're sharing has impact and power and 
not just about how you feel, you know? And so that's why I work really hard with my clients and, and you know, through my consultant, you know, to work a lot on that mindset. Um, we do a lot of mindset because, you know, it is hard to be vulnerable and to open up and say, ah, I've experienced this or I've been through this. But, you know, if you can switch that mindset to a place of service, like my story is here to serve other people, um, I found that, you know, it helps a lot the confidence factor because you don't have to be perfect when you're serving other people, you know, you just have to show up and be real. So that would be my advice, I think, is, um, you know, just consider what your message or your experiences could mean to somebody else and not worry so much about the judgment. Yeah. So then you went on to obviously do this a lot more with sharing and you went on to do public speaking and how, I mean, did you deal with any self-doubt and imposter syndrome as, as you started getting more and more into sharing and more and more public with this and growing your audience? Sure. I mean, I think we always deal with imposter syndrome to some extent, right? Like oh, yes. it follows you. Um, I mean, with each kind of stepping stone and each step up, I mean, there's these new kind of expectations I think we place on ourselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, more so than anyone else <laughs> placing them on you. Um, so certainly, and, you know, I, I actually, I speak a lot on imposter syndrome um, in particular um, because it, I think it yeah, plagues us all. But, you know, comparison, when, when you feel like you're an imposter, you know, it's really about comparing yourself to other people, right? You don't think you're as qualified as that person, and you don't think you're as qualified as her over there. So what are you doing standing up here and sharing this? Um, but the thing is, like, your story is unique, and it doesn't matter if you don't have XYZ qualifications if you have an authentic, real experience and insight that you can bring to the table because of what you've been, you know, been through. And at the end of the day, I think that's what people are looking to connect to is real human experience. And, um, you know, I mean, success and, um, qualifications can be a relevant measure. You know, it's, it just depends on what you think matters. Um, and so I think we put ourselves in boxes a lot when it comes to sharing, because we don't think, you know, we think like, oh, you know, I'll share my story once I have this degree or I'll, I'll speak up once I have this certification or do that or do this, you know. And that can be kind of a dangerous game because I think that the truth is we're never really ready, you know. Nobody's ever, like, 100% all boxes checked, I'm ready to go. Yeah. You just have to get up and keep doing it until you feel like you're ready, you know, or until you feel like you've arrived, um, but yeah, I certainly still experience that, um, and I think, you know, I probably always will to some extent, but again, it's kind of, you know, my story is mine, and, um, you know, your story is yours, and nobody else has that, and so for that reason alone, you're uniquely qualified to help someone, you know? Yeah, I think there's so much power in that. Just being ourselves, that's all we need to do. That's like some of the biggest advice that I often share with people is like, if you can be more of yourself this year and just be more real and more true to yourself in all areas of life, that's what's going to feel good. That's what's exactly. going to make you feel like magnetic to other people. 
talks, I got up and I said, okay, here's how you beat imposter syndrome. You be yourself because you can't be an imposter if, you know, you're, um, you're being yourself. And I thought that was good advice. Um, but then I had someone come up to me after that and say, okay, Madison, like, I get what you're saying, but, you know, what happens if I don't know who that is? And what happens if I don't like who that is? And that's so heavy, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of people experience that too, where it's like, well, I don't even know who I am. And again, I think that's why I'm so passionate about story, because I think if you look back to your story and to the things that have shaped you and the turning points in your life and the relationships that have meant something to you, you're going to start to learn these values that you have and that you possess. And you're going to start to notice these trends of who you are and, you know, what's led you to who, to where you are. Um, and, you know, I think we're all trying to figure out who we really are. Mm-hmm. But you can look back to these, you know, instances and these decisions and these choices and you start to go, wow, I didn't realize that was so important to me. Or I didn't realize that affected me as much as it did. And so I think it's so important that we look back and examine, you know, how we've gotten to where we are instead of just kind of living life in this day-to-day days, you know. Um, you know, we just wake up and go through the motions, you know, examine why you're making the choices and, you know, who you are. And then when you can figure that out and you can start to use that to impact the lives of other people, it's going to be really hard not to move the needle on your self-confidence when you see you know, wow, what I've been through, what I've experienced, my insights um, actually matter, and they're important to somebody. You know, that whole I don't like who I am thing kind of starts to move a little bit because you feel this power and you feel this, like, you know, sense of purpose. So that's, you know, that's my answer on that too. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, that's really sad that someone said that, but I know, like, I mean, I've been there, like, you <laughs> We are always trying to figure out who we are and not liking parts of ourselves and wondering if we have anything interesting to, like, be of value to people. But, I mean, for me, meditation is huge with, like, trying to go within and and journaling. I know you had mentioned um, reading and all of that. Do you use any of those, like, rituals or daily practices to help you kind of go within and and really draw into who you are at a more deep level? Yeah. 
experience. It wasn't quite what I thought, and I think I only went once. I think that you kind of go deeper the second time because you're the first time. It's like you're getting used to like being in this <laughs> tank in the middle of the room by yourself and um, yeah. like trying to get comfortable. But um, so I I had a hard time actually even getting into a meditative state, which is crazy because I meditate every day. But but I I think it's it was a really unique experience, and I definitely recommend it. I, I need to go back because I feel like next time I could So, you know, what were 
story. And ultimately, what your audience is going to look for is, okay, what's the takeaway from this? So why did you just share this with me? What can I learn from it? Because the thing is, you know, with story, um, your audience isn't actually listening for um, your story. They're listening to their story. Okay, where do I fit in? How can I relate? And so if you can think of storytelling from the perspective of how, you know, how can I communicate the importance to the audience um, and not just about me, then your story is going to land so much better. So, you know, act three is all about kind of tying up those loose ends and then showing the transformation, whether it be a situation or maybe, again, you know, some kind of character development or lesson learned, um, you know, what, what happened um, as a result of all of these struggles and experiences and how can they start to apply that to their own life. So if you are in business or if you are, you know, in a nonprofit, um, or, or again, you know, like you said, just a day-to-day life, if you're looking to prompt action from your audience, you want to give them a takeaway, but then tell them, you know, what to do with it. <laughs> um, they're waiting for you at that point, at the end of the story. How does this apply to me? How can I get involved and become a part of this story? And, um, you know, subconsciously, they've already put themselves in, in a leading role. So, again, you know, it's kind of this three-act structure. You want emotion. You want struggle. Um, you want a compelling goal that is, you know, high stakes. And then you want a lesson. Um, and that's kind of the basics of, of how you can start to structure some stories. Of course, there's like a million uh, other techniques and stuff that I wish we had time to go through all of them. But um, that's a really good place to start is thinking, okay, how can I introduce the setting, the character? How can I communicate the goals and the struggles with a big moment? And then how can I answer any questions that I raise through the story? Okay, that was amazing. My Good. <laughs> my podcast episodes are gonna be so much better now, guys. <laughs> That's so good. I one thing that um, I definitely thought about too when you mentioned the struggle, it's like whenever I'm talking to someone who's in kind of the middle of something where they're like, Why am I not hitting my goals yet? or why is this have to be so hard? It's like you you said it perfectly. I mean, people people sometimes they wanna hear about a struggle, but like you don't ever watch a movie about someone who started doing something and it was just so easy and like nothing was hard about it and then they just you know <laughs> totally not <laughs> you know, yeah how boring would that be it's like someone's born everything goes perfectly and then life's over it's like where's the fun in that right where what am i learning from yeah so i mean that's what i always try to like relate to whenever someone's dealing with something that's like why does it have to be this way or even with me like why does it have to be this hard or when can i when i do this everything will be great so it's important to remember that like some of our biggest struggles are, are how we can actually change the world and, and help other people. And, and like you said, if it's one person, that makes a difference and that means something powerful. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Madison, this has been so good. And I know everyone's wondering how the heck they can find you, listen to you, follow you. Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm on Instagram. Um, at told poetry, T O L D poetry, um, is my Instagram. And then if you want to find me online, it's www.toldcoaching.com. 
and you know there's some YouTube videos on there on my website um, you can get in touch with me um, for you know speaking or coaching or consulting um, but yeah I would love to hear you know if anybody wants to reach out and share some stories with me and um, you know just let me know what you've learned today I would absolutely love that I love hearing powerful stories and I love hearing you know how people are using their stories and, or want to use their stories to, to make a difference so please reach out um, you can also email me at madison at toldcoaching.com amazing everyone go follow her this is so good we learned a ton and we appreciate your vulnerability madison and we really appreciate you coming on the show tonight